Black, stop playing with him. Sauce Talk Boxing. Got boxing on the brand. I got my my good friend Mark Hell in the building. And we just now watched Vasily Lomachenko versus Devin Haney, the undisputed lightweight champion. Again. Which this is your second time watching, right? Yes, yeah, my second. Yeah. It's my third time watching it. So it's interesting for a third time watching it, what I got from it. I also got a good friend with me, Dominic Monroe, right here. He might not. He, he might chime in a little bit, but this is this is how the podcast rolls, man. Like it's all barbershop talk. But with this, with this, with this undisputed lightweight championship match, I for watching it for the third time. A. Would you still call it a robbery? No, that's definitely not a robbery to me. I thought either fighter could have won it. To be honest. A lot of the rounds was hard to judge. Even with watching it again. Yeah. Watching it the third time, I'm going to stop saying robbery because the third time watching it, I seen a draw. So, I mean, like, I guess I'm seeing it as an either way type scenario because I've seen a lot more better things from Haney on the third time watching it than when I was sitting there saying a 5-7 for Loma. But either way, I think even, I don't got no problem scoring. Nobody scoring it that way. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just the one thing that where I looked at is like I can't sit there and depreciate somebody's body work whenever I appreciate somebody like an Earl Spence body work because I would want his body work to go into play against the Terrence Crawford in July 29th, you know? Right. <laughs> so it's just like you got to really pay respect to have Devin Haney's efforts to do that early in the middle of the fight. At the end of the fight, to where it made a good 12th round for him. You know, listening to uh, Roy Jones talk about it, it's like it's like hearing somebody's like it's like the uncle of boxing or like the like the great uncle of boxing or it's like that 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 person that you would sit there and listen to it, be like, damn, he's making some good points because he sit there and said. You can't, with with a lot of things, especially with old boxing guys, they're going to sit there and say, you got to take the belts. You got to win. You got to take the belt from an undisputed champion. You can't sit there and be like, oh, man, it was either way. You you have to make a, a mark, a knockdown. A, not not say a knockdown. It's, I can't sit there and say that's mandatory. But you have to do something to really make yourself a new undisputed champion. Yeah. What, what would you say that Lomachenko did not do? To be that, to, to at least do that. What was the one thing he could have did, or should I say? I mean, I've seen a handful of Lomachenko fights. For me, he just wasn't as as accurate yeah. as he was, you know, throughout his, his past fights and stuff like that. Like like I said, the, the 10th and 11th rounds, you know, that's when he was more accurate, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, more pressure. And, like, he needed to do more of that, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the, throughout the fight yeah. in some of those early rounds, at least for me. And my, re- my response to that is I think that you give kudos to Devin Haney to be able to smother a lot of that because mm-hmm. he got punches off that he would usually get that was timely, but Devin Haney was like, okay, let me get in, let me crowd you. And he picked those perfect moments to do that because he knew he had himself because where may have been too slow in the return or, or the turnaround or whatever like that where, Haney, where Loma would land a straight left or something like that. But a lot of times he smothered that combination that, that Lomachenko would throw, and, and he missed those the first two up top, and then he was smothered the rest. And then I also say he didn't really make too much of adjustment to the body shot until, like I said, the, yeah. the tenth yeah. mm-hmm. round when right. David Haney was saying he got him figured out. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know that's they got to run it back. Yeah, they got to run it back. And, you know, there's no need sitting there saying, "Oh man, I got to run to 140. I need to get to 140." Like, you can make 135 still, you know what I'm saying? Make it make it a good fight. It's the undisputed lightweight. It ain't like you, you fighting for a WO, and you know what I'm saying? It's like it's the undisputed. 
So running this back, I don't see the problem in it. Because it, if for me, I say it gives perfect time for a matchup. But Tank can fight Shakur. You know, Tank can fight, you know, the winner of Josh Taylor. Tiafimo, he can fight Regis Prograce because he's been talking shit. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, there's a lot of things to play in to where if this rematch happened to where the lightweight division is still going to move. It's still going to, some shit going to pop off. It's not at a standstill. You guys got Keyshawn, Dave, uh, Keyshawn uh, um, Davis and you got uh, Frank Martin. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you got, you got some guys that's making some exciting waves. Ryan Garcia is talking about fighting Roley. You're excited about that. Yes, I want to see that one. That's that's gonna be an interesting. One. I mean, I'm hearing, I'm hearing that you know, Brian Garcia has went to go train with Errol Spence. That he's yes. starting to be in that camp. I mean, we might see a different Ryan Garcia that we that with his frame and with his already skill set. I think. Somebody needs to put him in the right direction because I think it's just a lack of trying. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just a, it's just a, it's a lack of. It's just, it, it just, it's what it is. Okay, if he can't get his stuff together with these guys, then this, then there's no hope for him. Exactly. That's how you go from Canelo and them, then you go over there with them. If you can't get it together this time, right. it's like you just ain't got it. It's a shame, and and whenever. Canelo's people come out and air you out like that. I think that's what motivated him to go and take his ass to Texas and be like, "Hey, what's going on?" But he's always had a good rapport with them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember they made that bet in that uh, tank, tank and uh, what was it? What was the tank and uh, it was a tank fight. I remember they made that bet, and then he looked back at him. He went. <laughs> 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 that was funny, man. That was funny, but. I'm hearing news that Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua was, is supposed to be going on in December, man. Like, if that's really going down, that's that's going to be... That's Wilder going for his way to that fourth uh, Fury fight. <laughs> <laughs> he, he like, I want to beat your cheating ass. Cause he believes he cheated, man. I mean, like, I saw a video the other day that was kind of like, nah, I... Like I said, man, it's, it's it's crazy. Boxing can be crazy sometimes. We we've seen it. We've seen crazy things. We've seen you know, concrete in a man's uh basically made plaster Paris in his in his damn um t- uh, wrapping to make concrete pretty much in his in his hands with Mar- Margarito. But if Wilder beats Joshua, I think Joshua just need to go ahead and just call it, just call it because I mean he could probably fight in the UK. He can he can draw some numbers, but. If Wilder beats Joshua, which I still think would do good numbers, like that fight is still big enough to do something. It just, it just, it's like it, it's it's Eddie Hearn, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 you got two guys, got you know one guy's it's got that got that bomb squad mentality. You got the other got this, which he's kind of lost a little bit of that swag because of taking some losses to Usyk twice, losing to Ruiz. It can change you a little bit. What do you think for Wilder with this new trainer? Because I know you've seen him with Malik Scott. Is he getting better? Because I, like, I'm going to say this right now. He's doing some head movement training. He's working on some body shots. For 36 years old, he's not, for a heavyweight, he's not He's not done. You know what I'm saying? But, like, are you seeing any new things where he can beat a Tyson Fury? Because I, I think he could beat Anthony Joshua. I mean, you can answer that question, too, if you want, but I'm just now, saying. I haven't seen too much of his new training or nothing like that, though. But with that power, I think he can beat pretty much anybody. I mean. Anybody. You can't, you can't, you can't count him out with that type yeah, of power. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If if he can get improved on working on things, like what you say is. Head then, movement. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the only. I, then I definitely think that he can. He has a shot at beating. You know, right. But yeah, with that power, he definitely got a shot. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. I just think. I just think the head movement is what he has to work on, and the jab, jab, the head movement, being able to sit there and be in a situation to be like, hey. Yeah. The head like, movement <laughs> is definitely a must. <laughs> right. Like, like you can't be in front of a guy that's you know long arm tall just like you. Yeah. Taking jabs. And you get hit with the jab in the right hand, then you get put in a position where you ain't never been before, and that's why it got not, it got finished. You know, you, you you think somebody like that that's got power knocking out people that can't be stopped? We know he can put him down. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's just all about being able to be in the right spots, and 
you know, you look at somebody like a uh, Terrence Crawford, and you know, you know where I stand in this fight coming up. But it's like if you look at somebody like a Terrence Crawford, he might be the most accurate puncher I've seen for sure in quite some time. And you know, it's gonna be interesting with you know with with EJ's right. with his with his, uh, with his pace. Yeah, you know what I'm saying it's him coming forward. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of surveying in the first couple rounds. I swear to God, I think this is going to be the first couple rounds where it's going to be like, like it's it's like, are we going to see a punch? Like, I think Earl's going to be the first one to kind of get in there to see. But Terrence is a is a is a good accurate guy, and and he throws with with some mean intent whenever he feels comfortable. And I think that's where his experience, where he, if he's going to win the fight. He's going to have to be able to be comfortable to be able to sit down and throw punches because Earl Spence is is not playing no games. Nah. He's going to come in. He's going to go to the body. He's going to try to. He's going to come. He's going to throw work that. He's going to work that that straight right coming right down the pipe. I mean, like it, it's just. It, I mean, I'm a straight left coming down the pipe. He's got. He's going to work the right jab. I mean, it's just a lot of things he's going to do in that fight to where I wonder if he can make Terrence Crawford be a person to kind of like bend his will. That's the turning point to where I feel like I feel Eric Spence maybe can do because there's receipts on Gamboa, Sean Porter for Terrence Crawford to be vulnerable. Let's not forget the knockdown either. That's what I'm saying. I can't pronounce that dude's last name though, but he definitely knocked it. That wasn't no trip. Right. I can't. I can't remember. Start with a K. Yeah. Uh. uh I have to. I have to look that up. He he's the best finisher in the game though. Yeah, he, he is. Finishes he finishes. He he will, That's what I'm saying. It just he will sit down and he will he will he will finish you. Um. <laughs> I think the funny thing is that he's beefing with the Charlos, man. Like, it's mainly Jamel because they're in that pocket of weight class. We've seen Jamel Charlo fight. Does 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 looking ahead? Because it seems like it's not saying he's looking ahead, but like, does should Terrence Crawford be worrying about one fifty four? And they ain't even had one round with Earl Spence. And he's sitting there talking about, hey. Yeah, especially if y'all lock them with a, I mean, with a rematch clause, you know what I'm saying? Right. Before somebody takes it. And it has to happen before this year is over with, too, on top of that. Yeah. Like. I, I, there's no reason to be looking at it. Yeah. And Jamel Charlo is, is, is somebody that you don't need to be. You know, he's that good. I guess he feels that comfortable where he yeah. let me get past Earl. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise it. Right. I wouldn't advise it at all. Like I mean, Cause, it, I mean, when you get in that game, you don't you don't look ahead of nobody. I think at this point, like with both guys coming in to the gym talking about day one, I did appreciate that. But I'm I'm glad that you told me that that that, that interview with uh, with Gillian Wallow was before the fight was signed because I was mm-hmm. sitting there saying like, man. Because we'll get to this to get to this part of what of, of the segment is saying like where's the energy for this fight? Like where's the energy for this fight? There's no energy. There's no. There's no. There's no like. I mean. I mean. We might as well throw a feud out the window. I guess they just been you know wanting to fight so bad they had they had a little jabs back and forth a couple years ago. But I mean like like tw- like Earl Spence ain't tweeted in four days. Like I dig that he's in a mode, but I ain't saying he's got a tweet. But I'm just saying, like, what are we gonna ha- what we got as far as selling this fight? I mean, How can these guys sell this fight? I mean, it's still kind of we still got the whole month of June. Yeah. And then it's not until the end of July though, so we might we might see something there. It's just it, I'm just thinking this press conference is gonna be boring as shit the way it's building up because that's gonna have to sell it. The press conference press conference is gonna be probably right at the end of June. Probably right here, probably, probably, probably mid June. Probably press conference could be mid June, and we're going to get to see that. 
Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, just they might go on like different interviews. Mm-hmm. And stuff oh yeah, like that. yeah, true. You know yeah, so yeah. maybe that might spice it up. Maybe some trainers might be talking crazy. Who knows? But I don't see it. I, from these two camps, I don't really see it happening though. I feel like it's gonna be respected all the way up, all the way up to the <laughs> damn fight. There probably won't be no shoving match for nothing. Yeah, it's it's just moves just wanting to do this, man. And that, and you know, Earl Spence hats off to him from not taking any fights because he could have fought Thurman, he could have fought Boots. You know what I'm saying? Like he could have fought a bum. You know, Crawford. I feel like Crawford, and people were sitting there saying like, I don't, you know, I disagree, but. When you take a fight on with this Black Prime promotion, it was such a shambles and such a bullshit. You, it seemed like you were kind of grasping for something, and it, and for me, it felt like he was kind of like just trying to find a promotion, other than other you know other than Top Rank to be like hi. He was in war with Top Rank instead of trying to like get himself in position to fight Earl Spence. It's like let me find a promotion, let me beat the shit at it, and then and it flopped. But now he's on his feet. He's got this fight deal. I don't, you know, what I'm saying like it's 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 it, everything is mapped out. Like you said, rematch got to be inside of this year. They both get, they almost said ten million guaranteed. Boom. Winner gets to pick where the fight gonna be at. I guess. Or, I didn't see that. I was just imagining. You know, I said when if it, if, you know, if, if Earl wins, it'd be in Dallas next. But. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine a rematch being in Omaha if, if Terrence. Like, <laughs> hey, look here, Terrence, man. I, I look, we appreciate you, but we can't do Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> we can't. We can't do you. We what? What? I mean, unless you did it in the, the Cornhusker Stadium. I mean, I guess if you did the fight there, but Jesus, man, nobody I think that's wants why that. He be having his fight out, his fights out there, because he just sold out a couple times mm-hmm. when he had his. Pay-per-views, yeah, in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, or he might have to. Yeah, he, he Packers fan. Maybe he try to get Lambo Field or something. I don't know. But I, I just can't wait for this fight, man. It's it's, it's other good ones coming. I think. Uh, what was it? Uh, in that card, I'm hearing Nico Nico uh, Ali Wash supposed to be fought, fighting in that card. Um, I think Oscar Valdez is gonna be fighting in that card. Oh no, Virgil Ortiz is gonna be fighting in that card. Uh, One forty-seven. Um, He's a good fighter. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be some good fights in that card, finally. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what this... this The Lomachenko and Haney card went bad. Uh, but the the Tank and Garcia, like, good fights, though. Yeah. But you got to... I just think, like, if you want to sell pay-per-views, at this point, you don't have to put two main event type guys because, you know, these guys want their money. But you got to get an interesting, nice, good matchup to put in these undercard fights, man. Yeah, some guys got some type of buzz. Right, to their name. exactly, man. Because it's falling on where the things is now where people are watching so much UFC that people expect that from boxing, I think, somewhat. They're like, look, who's on the undercard? They're like, you people asking that, what's the card? Back then, you didn't really hear that. You didn't hear people saying, what's the card on the Tyson fight? On the Tyson fight? You know what I'm saying? Even his, his fight's 15 seconds. And people didn't sit there and be like, oh, who? And nobody cared about those fights. And it's not to say they didn't care about those fighters because you have a chance to move up. And you fight on a pay-per-view level, you have some people sit there and be like, oh, man, that was a good fight. I've seen that before. But it, it's, 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 it's time now to where if you say, for example, uh, for this, if, if this, for shits and giggles, for this Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder in December, you know, a co-main event could possibly be uh, I mean, like if if it could be a Bibble fight, you know, what I'm saying you know, what I'm saying like Bibble versus somebody like somebody like him defending his light light heavyweight title against somebody, you know, what I'm saying if if it ain't gonna be against Canelo, because I don't, I mean, I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. But it's just like it's something that to give a card a little bit more to watch, give some up and coming guys that, like you said, have got some more high prospect guys. Don't let these guys fight. And don't set him up to fight on a big pay-per-view. Yeah, you might sit there and let him fight on this uh, ESPN card or this PBC card or whatever like that, and you get to show their, show their stuff off. But then here comes a big pay-per-view, and they're not on that. And then we're left to watch nothing for three hours. 
I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. But I think the, the in, in closing, boxing with happened last weekend. I guess you could say two weekends ago. In boxing, whenever we sit there and change our answers from saying it's a robbery to saying it's not a robbery, but instill in boxing when people sit there and say corrupt or this is what happens in boxing, wherever like that, I do want to point out that the same people do this with the NBA, the NFL, and other sports. So I I just look at it as like I don't want the boxing fans to think or people casual casual boxing fans. People that are trying to look into boxing is like, man, this is just a big corrupt sport. If you're sitting there yelling that the NBA playoffs is being rigged <laughs> because the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat are in a game seven at Boston, which I just can't believe it, it's actually happened. And then everybody wants to say, oh, that's just rigged. There's a script. There's an NFL script. There's an NBA script. But you can't paint boxing as the most corrupt, corrupt sport if you're sitting there yelling these things about these other sports. That was that bit. That would be my big thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cut the bullshit. I mean, you have things that I've pointed out in, in previous uh, episodes about boxing, about moving people in rankings and stuff like that, and having uh, fights to where people are having easier fights. I mean, that happens. Um, you know, uh, it's just the name of the sport, and sometimes we got to sit there and watch somebody get beat up real quick, and that's that's the name of the game. I think this year we're going to see bigger. We're going to see uh, fights that we can sit there and nominate fights of the year. There's actually worth some naming. We got more fighters now with more talent. I say this that to the to the past of the four kings, you know, what I'm saying with the with the uh, the Rams and the Sugar Ray Leonard's and stuff like that. You look at boxing today, of like looking like the NBA. Mm-hmm. You look at the NBA today. And look at the superstars and stars. When we sitting there saying there's Devin Booker, a superstar, when you're looking at guys that are mm-hmm. turning up and, and looking like real good basketball players. Think of these names that we're sitting there saying that are stars and friends of superstars and stuff like that. That's boxing now. There's more star power that are that that is hard to promote these guys because it's hard to look at the talent because it's like, man. It's, it's kind of like the NBA, the NBA, how it promotes itself and how the sport of basketball is. It's hard for these real talented star level elite athletes, elite athletes that are boxing to get their name out there. I think that the field is way more deeper now of real talented guys that don't really get the shot and that it was back then. And I, I look at boxing now as a flourishing sport that now the ESPN has grabs that that's got a handle on it. More names are starting to be put out there. I do I do appreciate them for that, because boxing names are starting to be put out there a little bit more, and you see interviews and stuff like that. I love what the Charlos are doing. I'm you noticing what uh, what Brian Garcia did. You look at what Tank Davis is doing. Look what Canelo is doing with the golfing and stuff like that. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. There's other real good guys out there, man. Montana Love. You go look at some guys out there that's like like. I hope we, if he get in the damn ring, Gary Russell Jr. I mean, like, there's there's a lot of good guys that are in the sport of boxing, and I and I think it's going to turn up for sure. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I, we're gonna say this is gonna be it right there. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you one last question now. What in the future of boxing? What is what is the one thing that that you are looking forward to, or you know, saying like that could turn up the sport in a, in a bigger way? I mean, for me, it's just the best fights. They gotta keep making the best fights happen. I mean, they're doing a good job of it this summer. They just gotta keep continue of doing it. I mean, I mean, that's really that's really just about it. Yeah. I mean, everybody want to. Everybody don't don't wait four or five yeah, years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying of a fight to happen like right. with the Earl. You know what I'm saying like these good guys that's under thirty. I gotta Get fight now. Fight now. Yep. I gotta believe it. Gotta believe it. Gotta believe it right there. Sauce talk. Boxing. We are out, man. Mark, thank you. And man, we you know what I'm saying? It's been a great memorial weekend, man. It's Monday off. And we're gonna we're gonna finish the day off proper and hopefully the Boston Celtics takes an L. I'm gone.
What's going on, good people? Laughing podcasters here. Sauce talk in the building. After game one of the NBA Finals, Denver Nuggets, Miami Heat. On this episode, we're going to talk about that. Also, I have a segment where me, good friend, Mark Hale, talk about some boxing. Most recently, most recently, we got to see Devin Haney go against Vasily Lomachenko. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some boxing news, something real quick. Um, nice little 20-minute discussion. Um, but, you know, we're going to talk about what happened last night, the greatness of what Joker is putting out there, two-time MVP, last pick of the first round. During a Taco Bell commercial, this guy is leading his team. And if you can see how the others played last night, you can see how he's a true leader. Because it's like one of the things I said about John Moran is that, like, can he make the others better? When you have the team playing better, when you're not playing, but when you play, you play good, but you're not making the others better. Joker, center, seven foot, making other players so much better then you can see how things can maturate and happen for a team that's been together for a few years. You know, added some pieces here. No, they traded Bones Highland, was able to, you know what I'm saying, cut in the fat and bring in some guys that can help out Reggie Jackson and um, Bruce Brown, who, you know, I think going to be afraid of next year. So, I mean, like, it's it's some pieces that they needed along with their core group that they've been striving to get to that mountaintop. And they and they finally achieved that, and I, that's why I called for a sweep. I think last night was a a nice beginning of a sweep because you look at the Miami Heat team that was going to you know come out there and try to go guns blazing, you know, knowing they don't got the home court advantage and they playing up in the altitude. Bam out of bio, he he brought it. You know, Caleb Martin couldn't get a shot going. Jimmy Butler's legs looked kind of tired there, looked a little underneath him. You know, you didn't get nothing from Gabe Vincent, but you 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 got spurts. You you end up getting spurts from a few players. Lowry made some plays here and there. Um, but every little spurt they made, Denver Nuggets was there to answer that, that spurt. Jamal Murray played a good game, had 27 points. He uh, struggled a little bit, but then he got going. Aaron Gordon got going quick. He did good. Got the ball early. Joker was taking it to the rim when he, you know, he decided to assert himself in the second half. He only took three shots in the first half, but had nine assists and like eight boards. I mean, like the stuff that he does is just like it's just crazy. And he played forty minutes. Um, you know, Caldwell Pope didn't have you know in his his grandeur game, but like I said, Aaron Gordon stepped up with sixteen points. Bruce Brown had ten points, but it's just you know thirteen rebounds, fourteen points from Michael Porter Jr who took a shot in the face and, you know, looked like he was going to be down. Played 43 minutes and played great. You know, everybody was a plus. The only people was a minus was people that didn't really get no time. But it is wild when you look at, you know, 26, 13, and 5 for Bam. You're like, that's a damn good game. But only 13, 19, you know, 13 for Jimmy, 19 for Gabe Vincent. Like I said, Caleb Martin couldn't do nothing, only three points. Highsmith came in there and had some moments at the end. You know, to get him 18 points. But, you know, it just – they're going to have to play better defense. They're going to have to cut these passing lanes off. They're going to have to run out on the three-point line. They're going to have to play physical. Bam was getting getting took to the hole, you know what I'm saying, like early. You know, Aaron Gordon's a good, bouncy, athletic guy, just like Bam. And then you got Jokic. He's going to start asserting himself, and he did do that. And, you know, the turnaround jumper, I mean, like it started turn, looking Larry Bird. It's like I said, he's a seven-foot bird. He's a seven-foot bird. And that home court advantage is such a big thing, and they got it. You know, they got home court advantage. They got the altitude. You know, you know, Spolstra, you know, he acted like they weren't worried about it. You know, of course you're going to be like, hey, man, no problem. We're going to worry about it. We, we're going we're gonna to handle it. And they got it. You know, it wasn't like they got blew out, blew out. But like I said, it's just kind of one of those things where if they're going to make push after push to come back, and it's in the game. You're gonna to have to conserve some energy. So people have to come in and be ready because when 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 you make that push, you're gonna get worn out. And once they see that and they start hitting a couple of shots, then they go back up 10, 14 points. 
And that's why I see how the series is going to go because, I, you know, I look back in the Lakers series where the team, really the best team other than the Clippers that can handle this team size-wise. And, and you, know, you know, hopefully some shots go in because you don't got the type of shooters that the Warriors have, you know what I'm saying, or like the Phoenix Suns was able to, uh, to exhibit, but just not the physicality, not the defense, not those other things that can be, you know, helpful against this Denver Nugget team because you got to have more. Than just shooting, you got more than just size. You got more than just good coaching. You know, you know, Mike Malone is getting a lot of credit, but you know, saying Darvin Ham didn't do a bad job against him, and so did Monty Williams. Did the best they could. But when you, you got a team that deep and team that that is really bought in and, and got that. They got it. You know, what I'm saying they they seriously have it under control with their. What's a good way to put it? Like, they, they, they have it with their mission. Their mission. Their mission is what they came short against Portland and then to go to the Western Conference Finals. They didn't get to go. You know, they got put out, you know, uh, by by the Lakers. You know, they got put out by the uh, – who was it? By the Warriors. So, it's like they have been pushing to that point. No, the about the Mavericks. Didn't the Mavericks put them out? Was the Mavericks, I think it was the Warriors. The Warriors did put them out. And it's like you, you, you get to that point. And it's just like, man, this regular season has got to happen. And I and I kept seeing things that was looking good for on their end that looked like that this finals um, appearance was in full maturation process, just like the Milwaukee Bucks when in, the, in Giannis. Like both of these teams go hand in hand, and what can come together at a perfect time, it just it just works. You know, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, you know, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, like. You got these. You got these pieces that are going to come in and do things and, and help, and it's going to work out for the best. Bobby Portis, you know, like like those guys just did what they needed to do and got past the teams that they were supposed to lose to, and they end up winning the finals, beating the Phoenix Suns, and now we have put the Nuggets in the same situation where it's like this team was supposed to beat them, even though they were number one in the number one in the West, just like how the Bucks were. And then they they win all these games, and now they they just swept the you know they took it they, they 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 you know the Timberwolves like a vacation they took an L so what played the Lakers swept them and it's just like damn like this team is really that good really that good really that good Jamal Murray. And 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 a note is that in that second round against the Phoenix Suns, that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker was pretty much hitting every damn thing. Like they were not invincible, but they brought it. I think mean, both of them have two forty-point games. You feel what I'm saying? For them to even like to win a game, and they actually got the chance to win. <laughs> the Lakers had chances to win, said four games, lost them all. So, I, I just you know this this game that you know that we all love that some people like to call rigged and everything like that. How can you say it's rigged when it, when you can perfectly see that it is the war of attrition? It's coaching, it's 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 chemistry, and it is you know skill all rolled into one to where how these series can happen. That's why it's playoff series and not just one game elimination. It's a marathon. So, when, yeah, and when people sitting there saying, like, oh, man, you know, Miami, Boston, that had to have been rigged. Look how it went. Like, nah, just look how it went. Boston went down, lost the first two. They were scrambling. Third game, they went out there, pouted, got beat, finally got their nuts under them, won two in a row. Then they said, oh, God. Then that third game, it was a little wore out. So was Miami. It went to war. Low scoring style. At the end of the game, Crazy pandemonium, one hundred three, one hundred four. Then we forced a game seven. That's when it was like Miami was like, man, we really got to go crazy. Caleb Martin said, "I got you." Lonnie Walker said, "I got you." You know, Maxi, I've got you. 
there's always been a player in the playoffs that's stepped up, campaign when they came whenever they needed him one time. He went crazy. Uh, Derek White in the game seven, he went crazy. I mean, so got the players going to step up and do something. So it's not scripted. It's not rigged. It's just the way it goes, man. It's just how basketball is, man. It's basketball. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's that's how it is, man. Um, I think another big thing to talk about is that Luka Doncic, you know, people talk about Luka and Kyrie, like in that, you know, process is like you look at the Phoenix Suns, you look at the, um, another team I can point out, just kind of in that, in that ilk, uh, Sacramento, not Sacramento, I'm not going to put Sacramento on that. I guess I could put, I put out the best teams for that, for that talk, uh, Gold State, putting that talk too. Just didn't have it defensively. You know, if you look at Gold State's uh, away record, um, you look at, the Phoenix Suns when they made the trade for Durant. You look at the Dallas Mavericks when they made the trade for Kyrie. A lot of that changed things. Just like with Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, look at their backcourt. They can't defend nobody. If you but it comes down to it to in the playoffs in these series, in a series, you're gonna have one or two deficiencies that's gonna come back and bite you. That's why it's good to be all the way buttoned up like the different Nuggets. Miami Heat, who played in the play in, who lost in the play in. Who made it to the finals, but they buttoned up everything. Next man up to everything. That means a lot. Because when you don't have something, you can compensate with something better that the other team don't have. And they was able to do that with defense. They was able to do that with heart. They was able to do that with hustle plays, things of that nature. But when they came down and when they needed it, Jimmy Butler said, I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna be that guy for you. Don't worry, I'm gonna be that guy for you. When you look at the Denver Nuggets, Jokic is going to step up and beat that guy. But he, look, everybody else does their thing. Defense, they're physical, they're long, they pass, they run the break, they do this. Caldwell Pope can get 20 points. Aaron Gordon can get 20 points that way. Players, Bruce Brown can get 20 points that way. When you look at the Boston Celtics, they're the same type of team. Marcus Martin gets you 20. Al Horford gets you 20. Jalen Brown gets you 20. Tart Tatum gets you 20. They play defense, they're physical, they're long, they do this, they do all that. But do they have deficiencies? What are there is this? They got a rookie head coach. They got a rookie head coach. What is it going to run into? They're going to run into certain problems that way. You're going to run into some matchup problems. You're going to run into some preparedness problems. That's what happened with the Boston Celtics. Then if we put players on the team in bad spots, Jalen Brown has to be the ball handler. He can't go left. You're going to force him to go left. Tatum's ankle. You got to deal with nature sometimes, you know, or bad luck, basketball gods, whatever you want to call it. You look at Chris Paul going down. I don't think it really made a whole big of a difference, but he went down. And then they lost the series eventually. Lakers didn't go get DeMarcus Cousins. Got to Tristan Thompson. Couldn't help out. AD couldn't just deal with Jokic. You had to bring in Roy Huchamayor, who's undersized. You had to deal with Vanderbilt. He's undersized. So everything became easier for the different Nuggets, even though it looked long, athletic. They play good defense. They can't play that type of defense. They can't stop a man getting six offensive rebounds in a row. And that was... For game one, Lakers, Nuggets, for people that didn't see. He got like six offensive rebounds in one possession. You can't, you can't stop that. Man, had ten rebounds in the first quarter. You can't stop that. You can't stop that. And you got Aaron Gordon, that's uber athletic, dunker, rebounder, can knock down a jumper, can run the floor, can handle the ball a little bit, a little bit. Then you got Bruce Brown, can play defense, can shoot, can run the floor, can fast break, a slasher. Michael Porter Jr. can rebound, block shots, shoot threes. Jamal Murray can be a point guard, can assist, pass, run the break, do all this stuff. He's, he's long. He can do – I mean, he can – I mean, I can keep going. Caldwell Pope, defensive, shoot threes, run the break, does a little things. He can ball handle. He can dunk. He can finish. He can hit a mid-range. It's no end with this team, man. It's no end with this team. It's no end. So it's really good effort by the Miami Heat to get there. It's good effort that they're going to play hard, but they can't win. They can't beat this team. They cannot beat this team. They cannot handle this team. There's no way.
and it's just like it, it, it's 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 music to my ears. Whenever it you know you hear that you know something of like Mike Malone and being able to you know be one of the best coaches, but being able to best coach, being the best coach for his team, he's being the best coach for his team. That's when you get the praise. You look at Spo; he's the best coach. He can go to the the Hawks next year, and they might flop. Might take him a few years, but. He's on the right situation to take his team because he's been there. He's been there. He's been used to it. He knows what to do. He's, he's smart. He's uber into basketball. He's loved it the game. So I mean, like when you when you when you look at the situations of Mike Malone, I mean, like. Just like Budenholzer, man, with the Bucks. I mean, like, give it two years, they don't make it, they don't do something. We're going to fire Mike Malone, he's a bad coach. No, you just got to give him time to get some things back going. I think if they had to get Budenholzer a little bit more extended time, they could have got the Bucks back right. You never know. Now, they bring in another head coach, just like how Doc Rivers got fired from Philly. You know what I'm saying? They bring in Nick Nurse. I mean, like, Monty Williams going to Detroit, they're going to try that, you know, because they saying, like, hey, he's actually a good coach. He's had some problems with Aiton. In some in some older players, maybe we put them on a team for some younger players. See what happens because it seemed to work with the Thunder. Mike Malone, good coach, man. I think he is a good coach for what he's got, um, and they're, they're they're doing the damn thing. He's riding for them, and they're riding for him. That's how you win a championship. That's how you do it. You buy in, you ride, you die. Doc Rivers went to the Boston Celtics. They all bought in. Great players bought in. They ride and die. They won the championship. Kawhi Leonard got traded to the Raptors. They all bought in with Nick Nurse. They ride and die. Great players. They won a championship. The Golden State Warriors fired Mark Jackson, brought in Steve Kerr. They bought in. Ride or die. They won championships. Frank Vogel came in with the mission. Jason Kidd, assistant coach. Great function. Howard. Brian. Davis. Numbers, body in, ride or die, win a championship. Thank you, Frank. Because now I'm hearing your name getting brought back up in the coaching talks. I hope you, I hope you land. I mean, it, 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 it's like one of those things where you can sit there and say you can have the great players, but you got to have the coach, man. You got to have the coach. And I think coaching in this finals Definitely going to show you that it, it matters, man. And you look at the laser focus that Jokic is in, man. Like, that, you can give credit, some of that credit to, to Mike Malone in preparation. Look at the mindset of Jimmy Butler. Like, now, if you look how good Jimmy Butler has been and the dog he's been, people say, you know, the, you know all that stuff. But you know, I'm not calling him a bad player before some of the things that happened at the Timberwolves, Philly. You know, some locker room things, some things, you know, being pushy, being testy. But only one incident with Spo, one incident that we can really talk about, that that would happen on the sideline, that, you know, them two had. Just like with Brian and Chalmers. You know, just like with, you know, you, you see it minuscule with Spo. It's very minuscule. You don't see that happening time and time again. Same thing with Mike Bloom. You don't see Aaron Gordon over there arguing with this player, that player. You don't see Contagious Caldwell Pope arguing with this player. You don't see Joker sitting there arguing with this Jamal Murray. This. You don't see that. You see them over there, focused, laser focused, timed, ready to rock and roll, and they're running their sets, their plays, and getting the thing done. Denver's so good, man. It's just, this is like that one hand pass that that he throws, that Jokic throws, man. It just puts people in the, in the, right there in the spot, and you know, and they and they give it right and they reciprocate, man. It comes right back to him, man. He walked right into a three in the fourth quarter. It was just like, man, it's just he just walked right into it. <laughs> oh, they play such good basketball, man. And Bam, like I said, Bam with his five assists, he had some good passes, some slashing guys, stuff like that. He played a good game. Just not everybody else joined. Caleb Martin, three points, can't have it. He had 28 against Boston. You got to have 20-some points. You got to have three guys with 20 to handle this team. Because they damn sure going to do it. 
I mean, you might as well say they did it. Jokey's had over 20. Murray had over 20. Aaron Gordon had 16. Uh, Bruce Brown had, like, what, 15, 11, 13? So, I mean, that's, that's basically the same thing. They're coming at your neck. <laughs> One player is off, the next player is coming. Michael Porter Jr., I think, had, what, 13? <laughs> 14. So you got one, two, three, four, five players with double digits, man. God, it's scary, man. That's why I said it's, it's a sweep. And it's not to be like, oh, you're being so just like, oh, man, whatever. Oh, it's just, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. I'd be surprised if Miami wins. Now, I know people saying, well, the Timberwolves beat them, Phoenix beat them. But the Lakers didn't. And you feel like they might have leveled up since they lost to the Phoenix Suns. And I feel like they have. They have definitely leveled up to where they can handle anything you've given them right now. Anything you've given them. And I, like I said, man, hats off to Miami, man. They were in the freaking play and they lost to the Bulls. They lost to Zach Levine and them. They got their shit together. Didn't lose again. Got in the playoffs. And then the rest is history. Can't knock that. And, and can't knock it if they, if they get swept. Spo is a damn good coach. Pat Riley is a damn good team owner. Uh, not owner. Uh, excuse me. President, team guru, whatever you want to call Pat Riley. His face has to be, or name, whatever attached to something is going to be winning. Just like Jerry West, man. And Lonzo Morning, he's sitting there just, you know, sitting by his side, you know what I'm saying, trying to, you know, bring on that, that you know, that Miami Heat faithful, man. Wade ain't showed up. I can't believe Wade ain't come to a game. I know he with the Utah Jazz and whatnot, but at least show your face. I wonder if he, I wonder if he showed up. I could, you know, I could be kind of missed it or something. You know what I'm saying? But I wonder if Wade, you know, representing Wade County up in there, man. Miami Heat, Miami Heat, man. But they going against a juggernaut. And it's not like it's a juggernaut of saying in trades, like they made a super team or they went and got superstars all aligned. It's just they drafted Jamal Murray. They drafted Jokic. They traded for Aaron Gordon, who was on a team that really wasn't trying to do anything but just move some assets. They they went and signed Caldwell Pope from a championship team. I mean, they just went and got little things. They went and got Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown. On a little squad, like a little little bow, got you, okay. So, I mean, you look at all this stuff, and it's just like, they're not a super team. They're just super, super. They're just super. They're just super. Not a super team. They're just souped up. They're pumped. But, you know, I just, you know, I, I love NBA basketball so much. The word, I'm not going to sit there and be like, man, like, I'm so mad my Lakers not in it. Yeah, hey, man, it happens. We 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 got 17 of them. It's Denver Nuggets have zero. Zero finals appearances until last night. Zero final wins until last night. So, I mean, hey, man, if it's a different team winning, I'm good. And the Miami Heat got what? Four. So, I mean, hey, I ain't tripping. It ain't Boston. Going for umpteenth, you know what I'm saying? It's not the Warriors. And that's the team that I don't want winning anymore either. You know, New York, I wouldn't mind New York winning. I wouldn't mind Chicago winning. I wouldn't mind seeing Orlando get one. I wouldn't mind seeing Philly get back in there and win. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Detroit get back in there. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Phoenix get one done. And they had a chance. Don't want to see the Clippers win. I do not want to see the Clippers win. I don't want to see um, only only other Cali team. I want to see win a championship. Sacramento Kings and they, they got some they got some things going there. Um, I think it'd be cool Brooklyn Nets. If Brooklyn Nets want to ring, that'd be crazy. And there they had they had Kyrie, James Harden, and freaking Kevin Durant, and they couldn't bring that to the table. <sighs> it's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And, you know, 
Uh, I'm going to point this out, too. We still got to hear about John Morant. And, you know, the commissioner, Adam Silver, cryptic as he was, you know, I guess you put it out there to be like, well, prepare to have your socks knocked off. You know what I'm saying? Because we got more news. We're just not going to talk about it right now. Because I don't want to shit on the NBA Finals. They don't deserve that. Because we should have, give all of our attention to them. So I will wait till after the end of the season, fully, to give this job Morant news. Basically what he said. And it's basically just putting a bug in our ear and saying like, yeah, he fucked up. Ja definitely fucked up. But right now, we're we keeping it in a sense of um, um, I think, like, with Ja, in a sense of where, like, People were calling J.J. Reddick out for what he was saying. People calling out this and that, whatever. Like, yeah, like, I agree with what he said, and I agree with what Barkley said. I agree with what Shannon said. I agree with what, you know, I agree with all these people of different said. You know, like, <sighs> John Morant does not realize that you're are on a for people like me that either have a regular job they they or they you know just they're not in the NBA they're not making a hundred million dollars they're not influencing kids to go to camps and be the best they can be in the sport be a, a great young man you know I strive to show that to my kids, people that look up to me, around me. You know, it's, you know, you have a, a, a time and place. You know, you're going to represent, you know, but I don't have to sit there and be like John Moran. <laughs> I don't have to be like LeBron. I don't have to be like these players that are making over 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars to uphold an image a way of life because the difference of me and say a even a Donovan Mitchell only then if people know my TikTok or Twitter or Facebook like they nobody know who I am here I am with sauce talk I'm sitting there talking to y'all about sports and I'm hoping that I can get my audience out there the best way I possibly can but when you look at somebody like a Donovan Mitchell, you look at somebody like a Zach Levine, then you're going upwards and say Kevin Durant, LeBron James. These guys, like, could do a, a – like, they can, they can talk for, for, for 30 seconds real quick for somebody. They might have, like, a little recorder or they might be sitting there just off the cuff. And they can be just so they can be like ex, like completely like just completely canceled on just the little things they can say. Do why are you eating this? Oh, you're talking about this when well, you should be worried about this. I don't get that. People regular people don't get that. Yeah, you might have your nagging moms or your nagging you know wives or in laws or. You might have people that cousins and hating friends, whatever. But you're not going to have the masses sitting there saying, man, I caught him eating a cheeseburger. This shouldn't be, he should be in training camp. It gets like that. It gets that where it's like, oh, he unfollowed the team. He unfollowed this person. To where Kevin Durant got to get a burner account. It's a difference, man. And I think that when you when I what I'm trying to say is that this is the best way I hope that people can kind of understand is that we don't have to go through that as regular people. So I could go down the street, me a working man. I work for the state. I be nine to five. I work, you know, two jobs. I got three kids. I take care of mine. I do all that stuff. But I can go down the street, listen to music, 
I could hold my gun up on a on a live stream. It can be IG, it can be Facebook. I could do it for the the time the same time span that John Rent's gun was, or even more, maybe five seconds longer. And I wouldn't be held to that type of scrutiny like a John Morant. Wouldn't even come close. Yeah, I might even just get an email from my job if they even seen it. Or they, I might, you know, get cussed out by some people that 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 were real close to me that are older than me. Cousins, uncles, aunts, whatever. I'm not going to get the same type of scrutiny in things like a John Morant. Why? Because I am not in the limelight. I am not playing NBA professional basketball. I am not signing lucrative deals for over $50 million a year. I'm not striving for $300 million. Ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not sitting there saying I'm not striving. I'm striving. But look at look at the difference of that, what I'm just explaining, that if people don't understand that where J.J. Reddick comes out and says, well, he didn't break any laws. He didn't do anything wrong. Da-da-da-da-da. And where I agree with him is the fact that, yeah, you're right. He didn't break any laws. He didn't do anything to to make people want to send SWAT after him. But here's the thing. When you are a person who's got a signature shoe, let alone you're in the NBA and you make, you know, making your money, but you're a top player with a signature shoe with Nike, you're doing commercials, you're on the radar for being a, a top player in the NBA who they do little side interviews or specials on ESPN. They sit there and talk about ja, 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 You miss a dunk by trying to dunk on people. They show the replay and at all. They're like at all at a missed dunk because you're up so high. So you have to understand why flashing a gun the way that you're doing it is not the best way to go about it because you are in that type of limelight to where it would make the league look bad. It would make influence the kids where they say, yeah, like these new rookies coming in right behind you, Ja. Some of them sitting there might look at that and just think it's cool. It might say, I, I, I used to do that. I'm going to do that. See, Ja does it. I mean, you see, you see these, you know, we got, we got some of these NBA players come in, they're rappers. What kind of rappers are they? Are they going to be one of these trap rappers? Are they going to be like Dame Lillard rappers? Are they going to be J. Cole? I don't know. So it's like you have to at least keep some type of handle where it's not messing up the image of the league to where you have some people that would just turn their back on it because of what it's becoming. And we understand. I mean, we got racism. We got people with different views and stuff like that. We got people that will sit there and literally stop watching something because it might look like that. And the one thing that, that John Miranda don't understand is, is that why? Why? You know, it's like it's it's. You know, here's 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 another thing. It's like Adam Silver is a lenient dude, a person that's like not going to sit there and come down heavy. I mean, like, I mean, he's definitely told the ref something for some of the the, the technical fouls that Draymond didn't get or he didn't get ejected. Now he now he did get ejected in in one game, or whatever, because he he crossed the line. But you you look at how the NBA is. I mean, like you can now smoke pot. You you know what I'm saying like you got players now that's not gonna get drug tested for that. You got players now that's um, seeming like you can you know join up with players a lot easier with him. They're not doing no rescinding trades like a David Stern. He's being a good commissioner, man. Like he's being a good guy. Like I wanna. Oh man. It's like he's that. I think he's probably like you know the the commissioner of the NBA needs right now. But at some point, you can't sit there and bend so much to where you know what I'm saying because he's gonna break. And I think with what he said yesterday was simple of saying like, Ja Morant is in serious trouble. 
And it's not so much as saying with the law, he's in serious trouble with us. He's already been suspended by the Memphis Grizzlies, so we're going to leave it at that. But boy, after this NBA Finals, we got some shit we're going to talk about. And everybody's going to get to know about it. I mean, that's that's bottom line. Bottom line. So, um, yeah. So I mean, that 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 that's all I can say about Ja in that situation. I mean, like, I'm praying for him. I'm not sitting there trying to go after his dad because I didn't say what you know what needs to happen. I'm not trying to go in a deep thing about what he needs to fix. We've already talked about all that. But I was wanting to talk about what Adam Silver brought up last night with the news report and what is going to happen after the finals. And I think that John Morant might get tw- – I mean, this the way he's mentioned, I mean, like additional information, fair enough of like a fair amount of information that has been added. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that he got 30 games. He And then that is take him out of all NBA consideration. He's going to miss out on more money. You know, he can, you know, a team might play good without him. You know, he comes back, might mess up things. So you might have that. So, I mean, chances of winning a championship is not good. Him being an all-star ain't good. Him being all NBA ain't good. So how is his temperament going to be? How is his attitude going to be? How is he going to be with his teammates? So, I mean, like, you got to think, man, John Moran is on a very, very, very slippery slope of messing up something very, very, very big and being an NBA player in the league but being in one of the top phases of the league. So you, where you want to be? You want to be just a regular player? You want to be out the league? Or do you want to be the face of the league? Because you were heading into that trajectory, son. Why lose that by being NBA young boy? Literally, you're an NBA and you're a young boy and you're doing young boy shit and you're being real irresponsible and immature. So, and in fact, you are being NBA young boy. So it must be a parade in your city. I had to. Couldn't help it. Sorry. But yeah, I'm just saying. NBA young boy, he's out there living his best life being a rapper and dropping albums and all that stuff like that because that's his brand. That's what he makes his money on. So yeah, him riding down the street with a gun... Yeah, it might make us P.O. mad, but we don't care. But it would matter if John Moran does it, and then he can't play. And then now we're like, fuck the hell. Because we wanted to see John play. You be young boy going to be able to perform. He just got to talk to his P.O. afterwards. You're not going to be able to play, but you got to go talk to your guy or whatever. If you go and get in trouble or whatever like that. But it doesn't seem like he's a troubled kid. It doesn't seem like he's out there hunting. He's trying to go do drive-bys. He ain't trying to ride on nobody. It don't look like that, but it looked like it. Image is a powerful thing, and I think that when you are one of the faces of the NBA, everybody knows this, that you cannot be doing shit like that. So for the people to sit there and be like, he wasn't doing nothing wrong. He just It's not the point of that. The man can have a freaking AR-15 for all we care, and he's not going to go to jail for it. And you got a bunch of people that got one, but he can probably got one. But he can have one. That's cool, bro. That's fine. But do we need to see it in that fashion? Now, if you was at joining see now it's probably too late for that now, but if you was probably just on some good old, cool, wholesome type something, a, a licensed channel or something like that, and they went to your house and you were showing off your firearms and stuff like that, y'all went to a, a, a shooting range or something like that, a thing wouldn't have been said. But when I sit there and looked at a TikTok like yesterday, and it was like a talk show, and they were sitting there talking, they were sitting there saying about Ja, and dude was sitting there saying like, man, I think Ja might really, he might really be like that. The NBA don't want people thinking that. The NBA don't want people to have that in their mind. They think that they got a thug, or some 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 gangster, some some person that was like that, that a bad representation of the NBA. And that's not being racist. That's just being like, we're not fucking up our bottom line here. Because Richard Shore, if Grayson Allen was doing that, he would be out of the league. Just saying, it's not about color. It's not about, you know, people saying he need to cut his hair off. He don't need to cut his hair off. It's not about his hair. It's about what's inside of where the hair is. 
their brain. That is the point of him having to look in the mirror and say, hey, man, I got to chill all the way out. He don't have to talk no weird. He don't have to be pointy-dexter. He don't have to do nothing. Just play basketball, be yourself, make your team better, see if you can win a championship. What you're doing is not doing that right now. And that's why you got eliminated by the Lakers. That's why y'all struggled whenever you said y'all weren't worried about the West. It's deeper than the gun. Look at the play on the court. Yeah, you might have good numbers and stuff like that, but you saw it deteriorating as the season went on. And then that distraction happened, then look, boom. Now look at what happens. Now you don't got a job for offseason. Now he's going to be fucked up for the offseason, so continuity's going to be messed up. New players going to be coming in, players going to be leaving. Uncertainty, people are going to have to feel like they're going to have to step up and be the man. Desmond Bain looked like that guy. Jaron Jackson ain't scared. But they want their guy to be there because they drafted Memphis. They drafted John Moran. They drafted Jaron Jack. They drafted Desmond Bain. They need all that to work out. And the main soul star of the team is sitting here out being suspended indefinitely. Got to get it together. Got to get it together. Man, that is a hell of a way to end this episode. I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to call it quits on that. Hopefully, Jock gets it together. We're going to see at the end of this finals. Game two is going to be Sunday. Denver Nuggets last game in Denver before we go to Miami. And then, you know, of course, two there, go back to Denver. But the altitudes, winning, it's working. They're working. They're refreshed. They're playing good basketball. Denver Nuggets, man, I'm calling for a sweep. They're getting a sweep. Sauce Talk, like I said, segment, me and Markel talking about good old boxing coming up. Y'all hear that? Enjoy your day. Sauce Talk is out.